Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Don't judge someone else because that's God's prerogative. There's no reason why you should be judging them. You're just a guest at the table. Mm -hmm. He continues this argument. There's another good reason not to judge someone. It's because mm -hmm. that's just not the way you live life as a believer. It's not a, it's not a very loving and compassionate and considerate way to live. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time. Next 10 minutes, we're looking at Romans chapter 14, verses 13 to 23. And these verses have been stretching us. So go and read them for yourself. Get some stretching in. And then we'll dive right back in. And 10 minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. Let's go. We start with a therefore. The therefore is therefore a reason. Yes. And the reason is because it's a continuation of the thought. The The first uh, part of this chapter, Paul is talking about not judging a believer because, hey, who are you to judge as a guest of the, of the master at mm. the same table? Don't judge someone else because that's God's prerogative. There's no reason why you should be judging them. You're just a guest at the table. Uh -huh. He continues this argument. There's another good reason not to judge someone. It's because uh -huh. that's just not the way you live life as a believer. It's not a, it's not a very loving and compassionate and considerate way to live. Don't judge other people because this isn't the way that God has called us to live. And I like verse 12. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God so that we each have a, a reckoning for ourselves so that we have to be convinced and convicted in our own conscience before God. Ah, right. That yes. you have this. Uh, and he says this later that, uh, where is it in verse 22? Yeah. The faith that you have keep between yourself and God, mm -hmm. right? So that in between 12 and 22, give an account. And then he summarizes, you have this faith, 
that in-between thing. Like, you got to work it out for yourself and your own conscience, but then you can't let your obligation become somebody else's or your conviction become somebody else's obligation. This is something that we struggle with because we want things to be made plain for us. We just want a black and white, yes yeah. or no, A or B type of an answer. Can I do this thing or not? Yeah. What do you tell me? And the better yeah. way to respond to that question is, why are you asking me? Yeah. Why don't you ask God for yourself? Yeah. But that's the challenge is we are afraid to rest on what God has told us if it contradicts what society has told us. Mm. Or perhaps we realize that we don't have that connection with God to ask him in the first place. Yes, that's to that second point, because I was going to ask you, why is it that we're afraid to maybe go contrary to what the voices around us are telling us if we feel convicted by God? What is that? Yeah, because if we had a clear directive from God and then someone else told us something contrary, mm-hmm. I think for most of us, we'd be like, no, nah, I'm going with what God said. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the fact that we're going with the crowd perhaps betrays what we know inwardly at times that I haven't really spent time talking to God about this thing. And so then it's a matter of conscience. Mm. It's a matter of a mind being renewed. It's a matter of a, could we say, private faith relationship that you are convicted in your own mind that this is the way the Lord has me living and would have me live, and I will actually live this thing out this way so that I will not do anything contrary to what he is leading me, what he has spoken in agreement here, Right. Mm -hmm. Particularly when it comes to doctrine and correct teaching, when it comes to like we spoke in the past uh, few 10 minutes was when it comes to these things of opinion, like I need to be convicted in my own mind in relationship to this opinion. But that conviction can't be somebody become somebody else's obligation because I'm just a guest. Mm -hmm. I'm a guest, but I I need to live this thing out. Right. Mm -hmm. So that when it comes to. uh, This thing with meats, right, that he's been talking about. Right. Paul's like, listen, don't put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Don't put your opinion as a stumbling block or as a roadblock between you and he. Mm-hmm. I know and I'm persuaded in Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean if anybody thinks mm-hmm. it's unclean. That's a, that's, a, that's a fascinating turn for me. Why? It's psychological. Mm-hmm. That there's this place where if you think it's unclean, it is. It is. Even though Paul's like, well, I'm convinced it's not. So objectively, at least from Paul's subjective standpoint. It's like that statement that they say in the business world, entrepreneurial world a lot. If you think you can or you can't, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that then it becomes a matter of, man, having the mind mm-hmm. renewed, transformed, shaped by the master in such a way that there is an agreement between mind, spirit, and then how the body lives. Mm. And anything that doesn't come into that sort of alignment, and we'll get to this later, is not of of faith. faith. Mm -hmm. So this is a little more serious than sometimes I've thought about this. Okay, Paul is saying... You got to get this thing settled. Yeah. Inwardly. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So that you can live out that agreement here. Yeah. In your body. And and even to the point where he's, it seems that he's willing to, to allow room for what God communicates to you to be different than what God communicates yeah. to him. So much to the extent that it, 
the the emphasis doesn't quite seem to be put on these different differing opinions on these tertiary subjects. What matters, what the primary thing is, how you treat your brother in the process of handling those tertiary beliefs. And so, here's the turn for me. Verse 15. Mm-hmm. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. That's dope. Because it could be good for you via what God has communicated to you, but if you deal with that heavy-handedly towards someone who's weaker of faith, right? This is the previous 10 minutes. Uh-huh. You no longer are acting in accordance with God's very being. You no longer are actually living out what God has called you to live out. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. What's he calling us to right there? 16 taken out of context could be the kind of verse where we're like, because God told me this, I'm going to go lobby for it and be really belligerent and angry. How dare you speak ill of the things that I believe to be good? Mm-hmm. Is, that what he's, is that what he's saying here? Well, think about it. You and I were sitting at a table. There's a piece of meat there, mm-hmm. right? And that piece of meat might represent some sort of uh, either one, uncleanliness, mm-hmm. right? in the sense of like naturally uncleanly if we're talking about clean and unclean meats or it relates to ununcleanliness because it's been sacrificed to an idol mm-hmm. whatever it is right mm-hmm. it's unclean right but then paul says verse 14 i know and i'm persuaded in the lord that nothing is unclean in itself but that it is unclean for anybody who thinks it's unclean so we're sitting here and piece of meat you think it's unclean I don't think it's unclean. You think it's unclean. By you thinking it's unclean, and then maybe you verbalize that you think it's unclean, what then is my response to that meat on the table? You say it's unclean and I'm not going to eat it, brother. Do I eat or do I not eat? Do I eat because I'm free to eat or do I not eat? As you and I are sitting there. What do you do? For me, as I'm reading this thing, my freedom is that I won't let your conscience determine my freedom by allowing that which I speak, which I think is good, to be spoken of as evil. I won't actually partake of this meat in front of you because to do so might actually create a stumbling block between you and I. Because what matters more so isn't whether the piece of meat is good or not. What matters is the relationship between the two of us. Yeah. Because what matters is not the piece of meat. What matters is the person. That's right. And since you matter to me, my freedom allows me to be able to say no for the moment. To deny yourself mm-hmm. and to seek the good of someone else. And when I get home, I can have my sandwich. That's why in verse 20 it says, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. The emphasis is what God is doing, what is the work of God, what God is doing in the heart of the mm-hmm. the person that I represent in this illustration. Mm-hmm. That's what matters more so than the meat itself. And I know that the kingdom of God is not about what you eat or drink. Eat or drink or not. It's about righteousness, joy, and peace. So in that moment, I have a decision. Oh, well, the kingdom of God allows me to just take of this meat liberally as though that's what it's about. Or for you, well, the kingdom of God tells me that I 
can't eat this meat as though what that's what it's about as though the kingdom is determined by what we actually eat mm, christianity can be defined by what we do or don't do yeah as far as a list of what is allowed or not allowed yeah but he said no it's about righteousness mm-hmm. joy and peace in, in the holy spirit the holy spirit so if i have the holy spirit what am i seeking after mm-hmm What am I actually resting in? You don't have to be chasing after or seeking to attain anything because you have the thing. I already have righteousness. Mm -hmm. And since I have joy that emerges from having that righteousness, I'm always seeking to live in peace. And if this whole thing of meat is a thing, I'm just going to take it off the table and vibe. No big deal. When I go home, I'll have my sandwich. (laughs) We hope you enjoy your sandwich today. That was 10 minutes. We'll see you guys tomorrow.